Okay. Hello. Welcome to Let It Out. I am your host, Katie Dalebout. This is not our normal end of week episode. We are here with a rare early in the week episode because of today's sponsor, Northwest Cherries. So if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, you know that this summer, Northwest Cherries is presenting many episodes of Let It Out. And I can't even believe that my favorite fruit, sweet Northwest Cherries, is contributing to the show and allowing us to keep doing it. So I'm joined today by my dear friend, Ella, who is working with me and Let It Out. Ella, hi, how are you? Hello, I'm great. Glad to be here. I'm so happy you're here. So do you want to just, before we talk about Northwest Cherries, do you want to just briefly talk about you and how we connected? Sure, sure. Yeah, so one of my best friends in the world is Maria Ramsey, and she worked for Katie for a number of years, I think, right? Yeah. Things just kind of aligned. I've always been a fan of Katie's work ever since I heard of her. My friend Maria introduced me to the show. And, you know, I went through a breakup a year and a half ago, and one of Katie's podcasts really helped helped with that. And yeah, so I was looking for a job and Maria connected me with Katie. And yeah, I've been we working are. with her just for a week or two, right? So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to know you and connect with you. And it means so much that you listen to Let It Out. And like I said, both I'm sorry and congratulations about your breakup. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy that the show was helpful to you. And I'm so happy that you're here and that we get to chat. We have a lot in common, including, you know, our love for Maria. You both went to Vassar and studied music together, right? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I obviously love Maria. So it was so cool that, you know, this really feels like a lovely family and I'm I'm really excited that you're here. So today's episode is going to be really light. So because of Northwest Cherries, they are allowing us to do three extra Q&A episodes. So usually on this podcast, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I interview guests and we talk about everything from habits and routines and creativity and relationships and a variety of people. But these episodes are going to just be me answering questions from you. So we, for the last couple of weeks, have been putting out for people to submit their questions. And we've gotten a few. So feel free to still send them in because we have a couple more of these episodes coming up. So you can send them to katie at letitoutwith3ts.com or info at letitoutwith3ts.com or better yet, message the Let It Out Instagram account. And follow us there. It's Let It Out with Three T's. We're going to be posting there a lot more. And that's where you can find out about the new episodes. So feel free to ask anything that you want us to talk about or anything you want to share about the show that's helped you. We'll we'll read the questions on the show or or just feedback or a topic or really, you know, anything that you want to to ask or for us to discuss on here. Ellen and I will will read on future episodes. We're going to read at least one or two questions today. And Ella has a couple of questions that we're going to go through. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Northwest Cherries. So like I said, today's episode is brought to you by my favorite fruit, Northwest Cherries. And you may know 
that sweet cherries are, you know, a perfect summer fruit. But what you might not know is that they are a powerful superfruit. Sweet cherries offer much more than just their delicious flavor. They're nutrient dense, and these cherries contain powerful antioxidants and anti-inflammatory compounds. They're low on the glycemic index. So whether you're eating them fresh or blending them into a smoothie or spreading them on a sandwich as a sauce, which I think is like really top-notch idea, or even mixing them into a salsa, also a great idea, everyone can benefit from the taste and health benefits of sweet cherries. One of the many benefits that I love about sweet cherries is that they're a natural source of melatonin, serotonin, and tryptophan and may improve the quality and quantity of sleep. So for all of these reasons, they are my ideal late night snack. I had some last night. They're really good from the fridge when they're a little bit chilled. So give them a go. Add sweet cherries to your shopping list today or stock up and preserve for year-round enjoyment. Now available online and in grocery stores nationwide. Tis the season. Visit nwcherries.com slash sweet health to learn more. That's nwcherries.com slash sweet health to learn more. Ah, okay. I did it. My voice is honestly doing pretty well comparatively because Ella, I sent you some voice texts yesterday that I feel like were rough. I haven't been sick in a minute. So I'm forgetting what it's like. I think I have just a head cold, but my throat is so sore and I, my voice is, you know, it's okay right now. I'm like chugging water, but I forgot what it's like to, you know, not be able to sleep at night and have, have a cold. (laughs) When was the last time have you gotten sick recently? I've been pretty lucky. Um, knock on wood, haven't gotten sick really since the pandemic other than feeling crappy after my vaccine. Yeah, same. I think that was like one benefit of, you know, as I like being inside and wearing masks is that nobody got sick for a year. And I think I just traveling here to Michigan, I maybe just like picked up a head cold or something and I forgot Mm -hmm. how annoying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, I'm so I'm so happy you're here. I'm drinking coffee. Just went on a little walk myself. And you said you went on a walk and got yourself a bagel sandwich. What kind of mm-hmm. um, bagel sandwich were we working with? I got a pesto tomato mozzarella sandwich. Ooh, that yeah. sounds so Very good. Italian. Mm-hmm. Wow. What kind of bagels do you put that on? Plain? A cheese bagel. Ooh, like yeah, an Asiago? It was like a, it was called a wild cheddar. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Nice. That sounds so good. I yeah, hit that. the spot. I think, yeah, I, I, is there a saying that's like feed a cold, starve a fever? Have you heard that? I think that's true. I think that is the saying. Mm-hmm. Because I've been way like, well, I thought I was really hungry, but I've also like had no appetite, but then I'll be like very hungry all of a sudden. So I think maybe that's, it's like a little bit of both. Cause I talked to Dr. Patty last week's podcast guest and my mm-hmm. friend, and I'm like calling her up, like, Dr. Patty, what do I do? I'm dying. Help. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, you might not have an appetite, but you also, you know, try the vitamins. Anyway, I just now hearing that I'm like, oh, suddenly I'm, I go for like not being hungry at all to being like fully, like I need to eat immediately, you know, Mm -hmm. that feeling maybe when your body's fighting something. All right. Well, you have some questions that we're going to go over 
and a couple that were submitted. So why don't you just take it from here? Sounds good. First one I have is, would you identify as an introvert or an extrovert? And how would either of those impact your life and your work? So it's funny that you, that we have this question because now there's so many like personality tests and people are so into astrology and human design and the Enneagram and Strengths Finder and all of this. And maybe it was always around, but I didn't know about any of those things. And I do think that in the last couple years, you know, maybe the last five years, those things are really having a, you know, become more popular. And I think the pandemic just added to that. But as a kid, I had never heard of the Enneagram or, you know, I was like maybe aware of astrology in like the back of a 17 magazine, like looking at my sun sign. But other than that, you know, it was all like really vague to me. However, I have known about Myers-Briggs since I was like seven or eight because my mom has worked in HR for 40 years. I'm, it's funny that we're talking about this now because I'm back in Michigan and she just told me that she had her 40 year anniversary at the company that she works at, <laughs> which I can't even like conceive of working somewhere. That oh, wow. I know. Right. Anyway. So for that, for HR, she did a Myers-Briggs training in like 1996 and gave me the children's test back then. And I remember what I got. And every time since then, I've gotten the same thing. <laughs> and I felt very articulated by that system. And now I think I, I really love human design and, and astrology and, and all of them. And I've, I remember finding the Enneagram in like 2013 through Debbie Ford's work and like through my publisher. And like when I got really into self-help when I was like 22. But what I love about human design is that it really focuses on what you do have, where like the Enneagram is kind of focused on your weaknesses. And I don't know, maybe Myers-Briggs is kind of somewhere in between. And I haven't really like gotten much into it that recently, but I'm an ENFP to answer your question. So an extrovert and that set of letters, ENFP is the least extroverted of the extroverts, according Mm. to... Myers-Briggs. And so like, I could also be an INFP, like the most extroverted of the introverts. Mm -hmm. And according to my mom, it like varies a little bit. And as you get older, you tend to get more introverted. And so I think that I definitely, that definitely feels correct for me of needing equal time alone to recharge and equal time with other people to recharge. Like if I spend too much time alone, I start to feel a little bit off and cranky. And if I spend too much time with others and not alone, I start to feel off and cranky. So it's really about like finding that Goldilocks for me, yeah, which is really hard. And I think everybody, like, as I'm saying that, it's like, I'm not all that special. I think everyone needs like some sort of mix. Even the most introverted people like need to see other people at some point, you know? And I think even the most extroverted people need to be alone, but I really identify with that. And I think it affects my work and my life of like, I tend to over extrovert a lot as like a coping mechanism of, you know, how people like watch TV or I like see my friends a lot. And, and I love that, but I do notice, like, I think it makes my work struggle sometimes of like, I remember even as a kid, like my grandfather would go to my parent teacher conferences for my mom and, and he would be like, they said that like, she just socializes too much and like is behind (laughs) in their work. And like, if he went to a, 
conference with like my work now, it would be the same thing, you know? So I think it does feed the work in a good way, but I definitely, yeah, I have a tendency to, and I go like all in introvert or all in extrovert. It's hard for me to like vacillate between the two. So anyway, what about you? What do you know your Myers-Briggs? Yeah, I got two letters in common with you. Mm -hmm. I'm an INFJ. Okay. And yeah, so I tend to be on the more introverted side for sure. Although, like, as you said, everybody needs human connection and time with people they care about because we're all human, right? But yeah, I felt, I felt that the pandemic kind of made me realize just how much human connection I actually need. Because I think that in the beginning, everybody was like, oh, the introverts are going to do so well with this. But once you really get into it, like months down the line, it's like, I haven't seen hardly anybody besides my housemate and my cat. Yeah. And that definitely took a toll on my mental health. And I think now as we're coming out, things have been getting a lot better. But yeah, I'm still kind of trying to fine tune that balance between the time by myself to just sit with my thoughts and recharge and time to connect with others. I think everybody's on a spectrum, honestly. Yeah. And I think it varies day by day too. And it's something that definitely was illuminated by the pandemic, exactly like you said. And I kind of felt similarly, like once I started to see even more people and be out more that I was like, Ooh, I really need to, I mean, you, you saw my last newsletter was kind of about, about this of like, I need to say no more and be by myself more, mm-hmm. even though that's not the thing that I want to do, but it's probably what's correct for me. And there's, you know, there's a self-honesty to that, that I think is important. Yeah, definitely. Do you know much about the other letters like the N and J and. I read about it and. Now I'm blanking. I know yeah, that the, the P and the J are like perceiving, perceiving and judging. versus judging. Yeah. But I don't really get into those ones as much. Like I, do, I feel like the, the main one, I want to get back into it more. I remember my friend Clay, who, who was my friend, he lives in Detroit. Him and I are exactly the same. We were just very similar. Like we had, and he was really into Myers Briggs and he would tell me things about it. Mm-hmm. He'd see me do something and be like, oh, that's so your J or like that's your P or that's mm-hmm. whatever. And I was like, oh, so cool. But other than that, I don't know too much about it. But I would like to read more because I think it's interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. Another thing that's interesting is like you can have the same type as somebody and like have different personalities, but have like, those similar qualities, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, for sure. Do you know your human design? No, I'm not. I'm not clear on what that is. It, well, I've done a couple episodes on it. So it's a system of, you know, similar to astrology, it uses like your birth sign and your birth mm-hmm. time and your place of birth and all of that. And I'm not going to do well explaining it, but it's the system of all of these systems that has made me feel more articulated than any other system. So I'm curious of what you are, because it's something Maria and I used a lot in our work because we were both projectors. And one of the many things with projectors is that like, 
asking for things is like, you should wait for the invitation. That's like a projector thing. Mm -hmm. And that was so correct for Maria and I, like whenever we would reach out to sponsors or we would reach out to someone for something, it was like a no-go, wouldn't work. But if someone would come to us, it was always great. So yeah, we, we joked, we were like, we need someone who's not a projector to be on our <laughs> So I'm curious what, what you are, if you have time to plug it in, I'd be curious to know. Cause I, yeah, I've really liked those episodes of the podcast. I've had AC Brown on and Jenna Zoe and Aaron Claire Jones twice. We did two live episodes in New York with her and they're human design readers who I, oh, I really love. And hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Do you get into astrology much? No, not really. I know my, I know that I'm a Gemini, but that's about it. Oh, so, wow. I yeah. love Gemini. I always date Gemini. Oh, really? Yeah. When's your birthday? 30th of May. Oh, okay. We're exactly a month apart. I'm April 30th. Oh, cool. Cool. Maybe there's something to that. All right. What else have we got on our question list? Sort of similar maybe, but one thing that you and I have in common is we're both only children. Oh yeah, And I'm curious how you feel like being an only child has affected your life, whether that's like in a good way or a not so good way or just neutral. Yeah. I'm so curious to talk to you about this too. So it's funny because like when you're a kid, right. And people are like, oh, how do you like being an only child? You're like, I don't know. I don't know any different, you know? Right. Exactly. But as an adult, I've, there's a couple of things that I, I do find and I talk about a lot on the show that are defining characteristics of my personality. And like one of them is being Midwestern, like, you know, wherever I go or living in New York, especially like, I feel like people there really knew I was Midwestern in LA. I have a lot of friends who are also Midwestern and not all of them, but that feels interesting to me in some way. And it's the same for being an only child. I don't know if there are stereotypes from it of like being selfish or needing a lot of time alone but I do find as an adult, it's kind of rough, you know, like it's funny timing that we're talking about this. And I do wish I had siblings as an adult because I have a lot of friends who are only children, several. And, you know, Dr. Patty, last week's guest is one of them. And we we talk about this a lot and we'll always, and my friend, I have two friends, two close friends, and both of them are named Carolina. One of them has done the podcast and one of them will eventually, but all of us are only children. And I know a couple more, but we often will be like, is that an only child thing? Is that an only child thing? And hmm. and now you, you know? And so it's definitely, there are things that come up that I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. I think, you know, being home, I'm really faced with like one example. This is kind of bleak, but you know, you're the only one who like survived your version of your childhood. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. you have no one to like process that with. Not that like, you know, everyone's childhood is like traumatic in its own way or like you go through things and no one, there's no one to turn to, to be like, Hey mom, like that's not, that's weird. Or like, that's interesting. Or um, remember how that happened? Like you only have your parents to do that. And, yeah. And my childhood situation is like really complex with like big, divorce and complication and a lot of family stuff. And so, you know, being home this week for the first time since 2019, being back in Michigan, you know, I, I did have these thoughts of like, you know, my parents are getting older and my dad remarried and has, you know, a new family and, you know, he's going to, he's going to be okay. But my mom, you know, my mom lives alone, has never remarried and 
you know, like the response and, and I have a lot of aunts and uncles and like, that's a lot of weight of, you know, our parents getting older and aging and moving Mm -hmm. and that's all on us. And we don't have anyone to help with that, but not even that, like talk to about that reality of that, you know, and it's not, you know, hopefully for a while for me. And, but I think there is something to having siblings to be able to be like, even just little things of like holidays or family things to be like, I want to change how we do this or I want to do like there's just you, you know, and, and there it's also for me, like a lot of pressure, there's no hiding. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, how, what about you? How has it been for you? Yeah. Well, I agree with almost everything you said. I mean, as a kid, I also, I wanted a sibling as well, just to kind of be less lonely, I guess. But I do think like being an only child gave me a lot of coping mechanisms and like, I'm very okay with being independent on my own, which, you know, I sort of have taken for granted, but I feel like that, that might be an only child thing. I don't know. Yeah. Like as an adult, I do sometimes miss or like, I'll see people who have siblings sort of, it's sort of like a built-in best friend. Yeah. I mean, granted, like not everybody gets along with their siblings, but if you do, it's like this person that like you shared all these memories with. And like you said, you can say like, Oh, remember like, when our mom did that, it wasn't that kind of weird, but you know, I can't say that to anybody <laughs> like you were saying. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think on the other hand, you become closer to your parents possibly because they kind of are your playmates as a kid. If you're lucky. Yeah. I think that point that you made is, is so important of like that you have a built-in friend or like not even a built-in friend, but like I can often feel like I'm floating and you know, I don't have a partner or someone that I'm living, I live alone. My work is, you know, other than I have you now, which is amazing, but like pretty solo with what I do. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a lot of, I don't have any anchors, you know? And so that's why like going back to the breakup thing, like I remember like during that big breakup that I talked about on this show at length and that you heard Mm -hmm. about, I remember saying to a therapist then, like, I don't have any anchors because I'm an only child, because I'm not very close with my family and I live far away from home. Like, and I didn't have any like really close friends then I had like a lot of friends, but none of them that were that close. And that's really Mm -hmm. destabilizing. And I didn't have any anchors. Yeah. And so she was like, you've got to become your own anchor because he was my, the closest thing I ever had. This is going to sound wild, but the closest thing I ever had to sibling just because Mm -hmm. he was like, the closest person to me ever. I'd never gotten that close with anyone before. Yeah, I got that. You know, even a friend. And so I think that made me take it harder. And I think one thing, I remember saying this, now that I'm, now that I said that, like I have so many friends who are only children, like my friend Dre, she is also an only child. She's done this podcast before, Andre Vermeulen, and she has a baby. And, and we were talking about being an only child about something. She, we kind of do that too. Where we're like, is that an only child thing? And she has a baby and she's like, oh God, with all of this, like I might have to have another kid to make sure Renzo's not a only child. And I was like, well, let me give you a couple examples. Like my friend Zoe is so well-adjusted and so wonderful. She grew up in Tasmania and like has a great relationship with their parents. And just like you said, is closer with her parents, I think because of it. And so well-adjusted and like great example of an only child, you know? So there's like variety between us for sure. It depends on, you know, your situation and mental health and all of it. But 
my friend Whitney is an only child and he's done the podcast actually as well. And I remember one day like saying to him like, oh yeah, you're an only child too. Like, well, doesn't that make you closer to your friends? And he's like, I mean, yeah, but like also I have so many attachment issues because of it. And I was like, oh yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. And, you know, I think it's kind of like the same thing as Myers-Briggs or human design or all of it. It's like cool to have information about yourself, but ultimately like we're all different and we're all people. Yeah, of course. Okay. um, What else have we got? What is something that you hope sticks around after the pandemic is over? Oh, that's such a good one. You know, I had a lot of like, when I got my second vaccine, I, I was like, oh no, like, I don't, there were good, there was good to this, you know? So of course there's like little things of like, there was this place in our neighborhood that you could get like takeaway margaritas and like walk around and drink them. And like, that was pretty fun. And just like how simple everything was. Like I had a really great situation for the pandemic where it kind of felt like college. And I was like, between like the house I used to live in and the house I was living in and, you know, just like outside a ton and walking a ton. And like, it felt like a really small neighborhood and there was nothing we could really do. It kind of felt like the ship was going down and we're going to like make the best of it and like do our best, you know? And I couldn't really work much or do much. And so it was just like this time that will never happen again, but it was really special because it felt small. And The greatest thing that came from the pandemic for me was like, I made these really close friendships with people that, you know, I hope do stick around and I, and I think will, but I did have the thought of like, oh no, did this only happen because of the pandemic? And the truth is like, maybe it did, but it did happen. So, you know, nothing will bond to you like a global pandemic (laughs) and spending (laughs) all the holidays with people. And, you know, my whole life really like, I had no plans on moving to Los Angeles and leaving New York, but I did. And I'm so glad I did. And it's so correct for me to be there. And I love my neighborhood. And I just, I, I hope the friendships and like the simplicity of like, you know, and going into people's homes, like, I don't know, maybe it's a New York thing, but like, I never really like went over to my friend's houses much, you know, in New York, we would like meet out and, you know, now there's just like an, an intimacy that the pandemic brought with people and like a, a, you know, leveling of just like, let's just be people and just like level with each other here and try our best. And I loved that. What about you? Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm glad you, you feel so at home in your new city. Thank you. Um, me too. Yeah. For me, sort of, I didn't really have that kind of positive closeness experience in terms of like meeting a bunch of new people. But one thing that I do think was good, and I feel like this is kind of sticking around, at least like people in our age group of a willingness to be more honest with each other about how we're actually doing. Yeah. I feel like there is often a pressure when someone says, oh, like, hey, how's it going to say like, oh, I'm doing well or I'm doing fine. And I do think that the pandemic, it was like everybody was not okay in some way. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like the baseline sort of changed and it became very much, I mean, not that it like wasn't okay before necessarily, but it became more okay to say like, yeah, I've actually been dealing with a lot of depression Yeah. or like, I really, this pandemic really sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to state the obvious, but like. I do think that that frankness between not even close friends, but just like general acquaintances was 
kind of refreshing and I hope that sticks. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Well said. Just, yeah, I'm really, I remember getting on calls and, and people just being like, you know, well, I'm not going to ask even like how you are. Cause like thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it just was like, yeah, it was kind of nice. And I felt, you know, I would always joke cause like 2019 was kind of bananas for me that I was like, well, everyone just met me where I'm at. I'm actually feeling better. Like mentally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, it's, it, and, and not to like minimize anyone's experience of like horrible things happened in the pandemic and people lost people. And, and just honestly, like I had a friend who lost three family members to COVID in Texas. And she just like casually mentioned, not casually, but like mentioned that to me the other day. And I was like, wow, I am so lucky that I didn't lose anyone close to me. I knew people who got COVID, but like no one died. Like, you know, it was just, it was such a heavy time in general. And like, you know, I was at a party recently and no one was talking about the pandemic. It was kind of like, and they gave the example, a friend of mine was like, it's like in the movie Castaway when Tom Hanks comes back and he, and like, no one talks about what happened. Like they just kind of like move on and, yeah, there was both like a, I was both grateful for that. And I was also like, this is wild, you know? Yeah, for sure. Cause it's really, it's not over. Like people are still, it's still an issue. Yeah. It's wild. So where do we go from here? <laughs> heavy no. Yeah. Well, I'll just ask you this. I can't really answer it, but what drew you to podcasting as a medium? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I wanted to be a TV news reporter and I studied journalism in college and I want I was studying environmental journalism and then like I picked my major very quickly like I I wanted to to do acting actually but I was like oh I'm not good enough or pretty enough or cool enough so but I I like you know I guess this is the extrovert in me like being seen right and Leo Moon and I thought I would do TV news reporting and be like a, my dream goal was like Katie Couric right and so I took all these TV classes or these you know, journalism class. I studied journalism quickly and I was studying environmental journalism. And then I bopped around within journalism a little bit, but never changed my major out of it. Like I did journalism design. I studied abroad for that. And then I came back and I was on track to take all these TV classes, but all the prereqs for TV were radio. So it was before podcasts really, or before I knew of podcasts, I've done research for this. And I guess the first podcasts were around back then and like the early, like as early as the first iPod, but I didn't know that they existed then. And anyway, taking all these early radio classes, I really loved the medium. Like I loved long form conversation. I was listening to Terry Gross and Fresh Air and, and then I graduated and I moved to a place where it kind of felt like the pandemic, honestly, for me, because I had no friends and I didn't have a TV and I didn't really know what to do. So I was listening to a lot of NPR and a lot of podcasts. I started listening to a lot of comedy podcasts like Mark Marin and Pete Holmes. And I was kind of like, maybe I could do this. And my boyfriend at the time like helped me with a lot of the logistics and editing it and getting it to iTunes. And this was 2013. And I really liked doing it. You know, I like long form conversation. I like that. I, I always joke I have a face for podcasting, you know, but I, it was just easy. Like I didn't have to think about myself too much. And Um, It came really naturally to me. And I interviewed the first person I interviewed. I remember this vividly. She emailed me after and she just wrote in all capital letters, like, you're great at that. You are not to stop doing it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I like that really changed things for me and I kept doing it. And, you know, here we are 10 years later, nearly 10 years later. Wow. Yeah. And obviously yeah. the mediums changed so much. Well, yeah. And there's just so many more shows. Yeah. So much more saturated for sure. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody listens to podcasts of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. It's Which is great. It's a news source. Yeah. I, it's a welcomed phenomenon, you know, in the soundbite culture, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Ella. We will be back next week. So if you want to submit a question, please do. We have a couple more questions that we didn't have time to get to today. I know we're going to talk about like favorite TV shows and books and movies that we've been reading. I'll say one thing I'm reading right now, which is what Crystal on the last episode recommended. It's called The Book of Laughter and Forgetting, um, which is really cool. So we'll talk more next week about that. But anything else you want to share, Ella? I don't think so. It was nice talking with you. I know. I'm glad we're doing these. This is really fun. Thank you, Northwest Cherries. Thank you for listening. Um, and please submit your questions. We would love to hear from you. And we'll be also doing an interview episode this week too. So tune in for that. Let's end with a deep breath together. Inhale. Let it out. <sighs> Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.